Every team, every topic, everywhere, this is Believe. In the gun here, it's time for something we've never done before in the short history of this podcast, Jed. It's an instant reaction, ITG. Uh, no episode number here, no commercial breaks or structure like we normally have. It's no just Jed. That's right. That's right. It's 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 just Jed and I. No reads here to get us started or anything. It's it's just Jed and I. Jed, if you're watching on YouTube, is in his car right now because this is a breaking news instant reaction episode because WVU has hired its 13th athletic director in school history, Ren yep. Baker from North Texas. Jed, he was at North Texas for six years, mm-hmm. signs a six year deal in Morgantown. Uh, tell us a little bit about the background of Ren Baker. Well, you know, he's been in a handful of schools. Uh, you know, he was uh, spent some time at Missouri. Uh, he lands at North Texas in 2016, which, of course, means there is some history there with Graham Harrell because Graham Harrell, as we remember, was the offensive coordinator on staff with uh, head football coach uh, Seth Luttrell. Strangely enough, I just heard Seth Luttrell interviewed regarding the Conference USA Championship game this week. I heard this morning. And then later today, RAD is Seth Luttrell's AD. I'm like, That's what a strange, quite a strange world. But uh, – uh, so, yeah, his, he, he's basically made his name in the fundraising game, okay? Uh, so in terms of the, the more contemporary parts of college athletics that we talk about so much, uh, the portal, uh, name image likeness, I mean, how all these things kind of merge together, he's had some success in terms of the best way to approach some of those things. He's pretty aggressive with them. Uh, and so the, the question is, all right, let's, let's see how that's going to fit at West Virginia, because I also heard Mike Farrell, who's, you know, a very renowned uh, mm-hmm. recruiting analyst. We all know Mike Farrell. Uh, he projected this morning that this six week portal window, and this all bears on this whole conversation, this portal window that opens up at six weeks opens up. We talked about it in other episodes, December 5th, he's projecting between 15,000 or upwards of 1,500 upwards of 2000, maybe sure. players, division one players in the portal, in that six-week window, I mean, there is going to be a mass exodus everywhere. I don't care what school you're at, and every fan base is going to be arguing, we're losing more players than anybody. You're going to hear that from 120 schools. So you need to jump on this right away. You need somebody because, again, the portal is tied right to resources, right to fundraising, right to revenue. So all those roads kind of converge. So uh, that's where he's made his name. Uh, but he has kind of an interesting background in terms of some of the stuff that was reported by Ross Dellinger. Yeah. Uh, and Ross and I text him back and forth in the last couple of days. I mean, you know, he, he's worked on some stuff for West Virginia before, some stories that I've been involved with. Uh, he's a good guy. He's very thorough. Uh, but, uh, and, and, you know, his, his response to it was his first text to me was good hire, you know. Uh, that was that was Ross Dellinger's first and remark. Too, Jed, I, I tweeted about this. I know you retweeted it. I tweeted, uh-huh. you know, like the first thing that I always like to do when WVU makes a hire of somebody, whether it's a head coach, whether it's an athletic director, whatever it may be, is to read the reaction of the fan base that that person is leaving. Yeah. And, you know, I, I tweeted about that. And somehow, you know, I'm sure North Texas fans, they were probably searching Ren's name, looking for the yeah. reaction. I kid you not, I had close to a dozen different fans, alumni, people who cover North Texas, and all of that, I would say 11 of the 12 raved 
about Ren Baker. He's a home run hire. He's an up and comer. He's done so well for our athletics. He's done so well for our facilities. And now I know there's been a lot of WVU fans, maybe some of the more pessimistic among us that have said, well, that's the same thing that people said about Neil Brown at Troy, right? The, these things, there's no exact science to these. No, we can all we can all do the hindsight. The hindsight's always 2020. Neil Brown was a great hire at the time. Now we can we can certainly say it hasn't worked out how we all hoped, but he was a great hire at the time. Scott Frost was a great hire for Nebraska at the time. These athletic directors, these university presidents, when they're making these big decisions, they don't have crystal balls. They can't see into the no. future. So I think both of those things can be true. You can make a good hire. And four or five years later, it might not work out. I, of my personal opinion, those things can be true. So, hey, maybe in 2027, you know, we'll revisit this. But right now, by all indicators to me, this is a this is a good hire. Uh, yeah, if, if you want someone, because part of the criteria, as we heard so many times, was forward thinking, right? Yes. In other words, yes. uh, the analogy would be the same firm that the Big 12 hired in pursuit of the, you know, to fill the vacancy left by the, in the commissioner's office that hired ultimately the target of Brett Yormark uh, was the, the, uh, the same firm that was involved in this search. So forward thinking uh, are the types of words that you hear used to describe this. And, and, you know, it, it's people, I don't know what people in terms of name recognition, what you're really looking for, hoping for. I, I'm not so sure that you're going to get uh, a name brand from another power five or from an SEC or from a big 10 or wherever it might be. Right. Okay. To relocate to West Virginia. I mean, this is, it, it's kind of like your coaching search in the sense that you're trying to strike where you catch somebody on their way up. Okay. Correct. Correct. Uh, and, and some indications might suggest that coming out of a group of five school like North Texas, where you had incredible success. Again, the football program has been positioned very well. They're playing for a conference championship this weekend. I think he's, he's superintended sports that had a hand or a share of 17 uh, titles in terms of division or conference. So he's had a great track record there. But again, that, that's one thing. Another thing is the fundraising dimension of this. And all of it's going to keep going back to that. From a resource standpoint, what can you do uh, to you know, to fire up the money gun, okay, to energize people to the point that you get resources directed towards your program. Uh, Mike Farrell, as I said, reported up to 2,000 kids in the portal. Well, the way you mitigate the damage to your school when damage is being done to every school is with money. Right. I mean, that's what this comes down to. Right. I mean, you can't just shake their hand and pat them on the back and say, I really like you, but, you know, come get 10% yeah. here as to what you're going to get out. That's not always going to work. And having nice facilities, just trotting them around your locker room and your weight room isn't enough anymore either. Well, yes. I mean, there was a time uh, in, in the old days, two and a half years ago, okay, in the old days when the way – In the, in the, in the precedented times? Yes. The, the way that you enticed talent or prospects was you fortified your facilities unlike any other. You do what Dabo did at Clemson, Okay. You build this Taj Mahal of facilities with the giant indoor pool and all these amenities. And, and a barber and, and a chef. And a barber, and, on down the yeah. line, okay? That's what you build. And then when these these blue chippers come in, they're like, wow, this is going to be my home for the next three to five years? This is impressive, okay? Well, in the new normal, it's going to be difficult or different because instead of investing the money in those facilities – you might be better served to invest that money in the actual players because now a player might look at somebody whose facilities are exceptional 
and say, those facilities are great. And trust me, I'd love to partake and be a part of that. But this other school's offering me an additional 50 grand. I'll give up the swimming pool for the additional 50. Grand. That's <laughs> right. what we're looking at. Right. That's right. what we're looking at. That's, that's the new world. Have. And yep. you need somebody who can navigate that murky world because it's in so many ways, it's like a wilderness of mirrors. I mean, how do you make your way through? Nobody has the answers. All you You're can do absolutely is right. base decisions on somebody's success or lack thereof uh, and what kind of track record they might have in that realm or that space of the job description, which is becoming more and more and more prominent. Fundraising's always been a part of athletic administration, okay? Sure. But because of the changes in the last couple of years, it's, it's never been more pressing than it suddenly and right now is. You're absolutely right. And to piggyback off that, you know, this is something that we discussed a little bit on on ITG episode 30, but like there there's clearly been some voices that have come out now in the last what almost three weeks since since Shane Lyons was let go, that there were some concerns about his ties and his background to NCA compliance, and that maybe he's not fully embracing this this bold new world that is the transfer portal and is NIL, and that there's some concerns from WVU leadership that you know, they needed to get with it or get lost in in that regard. I, Jed, today, for kicks and giggles, and because I'm a dork, I listened to Hugh Freeze's introductory press conference at uh, at Auburn, okay? Mm-hmm. You know, they have, I, I forget what it's called, but their booster trust, right? So they're equivalent of the Country Roads Trust at Auburn. Mm-hmm. Hugh Freeze mentioned that as part of his decision of, of, of what they've got going there at Auburn and how forward-thinking they are with their booster trust and how much they can accomplish there. Three times at his introductory press conference this week. Three times Hugh Freeze mentioned how impressed he was with Auburn and their forward-thinking and their booster trust and how they're on top of this new world transfer portal NIL and where college athletics, and particularly college football, because that's where all the money is, is heading. So that's real. I mean, this is something that coaches are cognizant of, that athletic directors better be cognizant of, that university presidents better be cognizant of. Hugh Freeze mentioned Auburn's booster trust three times in his introductory press conference. Well, if you remember, Wes, last summer, the little kerfluffle between Nick and Jimbo in the Mm offseason, that started, okay, with Nick doing what Nick does best, and that's speaking to someone without speaking to him. Correct, Correct. In other words, he often uses the the media as a platform to reach his players, right? Well, sometimes he's using certain venues as a platform to reach boosters, okay? Correct. Correct. So he was speaking at a function, and he was complaining that other schools were landing recruits because they spent more money, okay? Wink, wink. In other words, do you hear me loud and clear? Yep. You need to spend more money. So Ryan, that, Ryan, Day, Ryan Day did the same he, thing at Ohio State. Well, he, ta- he attached the number to it. He put he $13 million on it and even itemized, here's what I need for an elite quarterback. Here's what I need for, for an elite pass rusher. Here's what I need for an elite left tackle. So, uh, yeah, he even attached a number to it. So, and, and now the only difference, as you said, with Hugh Freeze is he actually went so far as to include the act, the name, yeah. the name yeah. of the collective, the name yes. of the trust. Okay. Yes. Now, what's interesting, some of these schools, this has taken off so quickly in this bold new world that some of these schools, Ohio State comes to mind, they have three major collectives. They have multiple collectives, okay? And they're all trying to achieve the same goal, okay? Uh, to really fill the coffers and satisfy those needs in terms of keeping the talent, enticing the talent, drawing the talent in. Uh, because, look, whether we like it or not, every school in America is going to lose not just players but key players over the next handful of weeks. 
buckle up. If you don't see it coming, you're not paying attention. It's going to happen. So it's, it's more incumbent upon us now, okay, uh, to navigate your way toward landing new talent and player evaluation in a snap. It's no longer about, to the degree that it once was, about player development. Right. Okay? Right. Like one of the things that happened with Texas State we mentioned in the last episode that Jake Spavital had been cut loose at Texas, Texas State. You know, our old OC here, uh, Jake's a good football coach, right? Uh, that was a challenging situation. Well, it reached a point where he was recognizing he was struggling on the recruiting front at the high school level because he was bringing kids in. And basically all he was doing was he, he was a prep school for, for the larger schools that were grabbing the kids after, you know, he coached them for a year or two in his scheme and his system and developed them. So he's like, look, I'm tired of doing that because if you remember, here's, here's the way the portal is structured. Okay. Let's, let's lend some clarity here. First of all, the windows didn't used to exist. This is a new, this is a, a novel thing, the two windows. Okay. And there's some people that say, look, even some people in the coaching industry that say we need to disband these windows and go back to the old way, as bad as it might have seemed, because now you got people wink, wink, not really being as transparent as they otherwise might about when and how or what they're going to do. But the windows exist. One's December 5th through the middle of January. That's window one. Window two is after spring ball right thereabouts. May 1st. It's a two week window. May 1st, May 15th. Now, the people that are restricted by those windows and can only transfer within those windows are most of the players we're talking about. But there are exceptions to that. Grad transfers being one of the exceptions, okay? Uh, people whose coach was just fired, that's an exception. That's an immediate exception. If your coach is fired, you can jump in right now. That's right. an exception. There yep. are exceptions. Yep. But most of the kids fall in those windows, okay? That, that's where they fall. So the way it's structured is you kind of got to navigate around those things, okay? And the question is going to be, are those windows going to be maintained or are there going to be enough complaints on the coaching side uh, to see those things erode and dissipate and go away and go back to some other sort of window or calendar or structure because th the player development piece of it, here's the other part of the transfer, transfer aspect. Let me finish my initial thought and I'll, I'll, I'll jump ahead here. Once a kid does transfer, okay, uh, the only way they can transfer a second time is kind of under the old rules. Right. Okay? You got to sit out a year. Yeah. You got to have a reason just like it used to be for an initial transfer outside of grad transfers. Grad transfers have always been the one exception. Think back to the year of Ryan Mundy coming to West Virginia from Michigan. Okay. That yep. was about the time you were first starting to see, and that makes perfect sense. They've, they've filled their, their obligation and commitment to their school. Now they're looking to pursue something else. Do you want to stay fine? So grad transfers, none of these things have ever applied to them. Okay. But outside of that, it used to be, if you wanted to transfer, this is pre-portal, uh, it used to be you had to get a waiver from the NCA. Now, sometimes they grant the waiver. It was wildly inconsistent, wildly inconsistent in terms of who they did and didn't grant the waivers to. Well, now you're, you have free access for your initial transfer. So there, you don't need the waiver. You go. Okay, you just go within the windows and you go. But now if you want to do it a second time, the waiver applies. So it's much more difficult for the kid to transfer a second time. So what, what Jake was doing at Texas State was he was getting into the habit Instead of focusing his efforts on recruiting at the high school level, he was recruiting transfers. Right. Because, look, at least if I get them, I know I got them for multiple years because it's so hard for him to leave a second. Sure, time, sure. Right? Now, if you hear the comments being made by the Texas State Administration, they're like, wow, we need a coach who's going to get back to the roots of recruiting high school football in the state of Texas. Think of the irony of that, right? 
I mean, this <laughs> thing spinning in yeah. circles, right? Yeah. I mean, it's not like that wasn't a thoughtful process. There's not reasons he did it. Of course, you got to maintain your high school roots. We get that. But at the same time, it's no longer the plug specific needs and that's it stop there with JC kids as it once was. I mean, it used to be the lifeblood of your program was predominantly uh, the, the overwhelming vast majority were high school kids. Right? right. And a couple exceptions would be you could find a plug and play, you know, playmaking receiver from the junior college level or maybe a running back, whatever it might be. But now that's not the case at all. A significant portion of your roster is going to necessarily have to be players who have played elsewhere, whether it's junior college, whether it's another FBS school, wherever the case might be. So you are no longer going to be in position to spend two to five years developing your players as West Virginia always did. I mean, think back to the most successful eras of West Virginia football. Okay. Whether it's major Harris, whether it's Jeff Hostetler, whether it's uh, Pat white with Owen and the crew, where it might be, just think like when Owen of those guys won the sugar bowl, we've talked about this before. Think of how many of those guys were freshmen. I've, Can you imagine how I've done this would have been to try and I've keep done this. roster together? I've done this what if so many times, like coming off that Sugar Bowl win, what would Pat White and Steve Slayton have been worth on the open market? Yes. I mean, Major Harris, the chances are Major Harris would have still been an incredible quarterback, but it would have been for Ohio State. Okay. I mean, that's that's probably what we're looking at. Now, everybody likes to believe that the greatest, and I'm sure this is true of every fan base in America, that if you ask them about the greatest players in the history of their school. No, they would have stayed. Let's say it's at Nebraska. Oh, no, he's Nebraska through and through. That guy would have never left. Really? Really, let's let's be realistic here. All right, uh, so we need we need Owen for this part of the conversation. That's right. That's right. We do need Owen. Owen yeah. would have been off to Wisconsin to get back with his people. Yeah, he's out delivering holiday packages instead. So, uh, but yeah, that, that that's the reality of it. So, those are the things you need to consider as we talk or have this portal conversation. Yeah, 100%. okay. Who can who can transfer when they can transfer? Once you do transfer, the restrictions that are placed on you the freedom that you have to move and not move. So that that's kind of where that slands us. So it, say what you want to say about any AD hired anywhere, but in this era, they better have some experience of things and that success to the point that it stands out because that is going to directly correlate and be tied 100%. To, player, to player retention. I mean, this 100%. week, because we talked about Monday, Tuesday, Wednesday was spent. Monday, Tuesday, Wednesday was spent by coaches across America sitting down with their active roster individually, with their family and their pastor and the players, whoever in their life might influence them, and saying, all right, here's what we have to offer you as decisions are made leading up to the portal. Now, starting December 1st, uh, the recruiting window opens back up and they jump back to it because they're trying to finish strong and close strong for the class. National signing days, December 21st. Think of all the craziness that's upon us at once. Oh, so, yeah. There's a lot to steer right here. And and uh, so that's what we know. And as we've come to find out, uh, we're hiring a former basketball coach too, right? You, you, you yeah, so in, in yes, my, my, my favorite thing uh, about Ren Baker is that his first athletic director job was at a little small school in Oklahoma called Rogers State. Okay, Jed? And okay. <laughs> I'm sure you're familiar. You could probably tell me about some quarterback that they had three for 4,000 <laughs> yards back in the day. Um, 
And as you all, listen, I worked for a minor league hockey team for two years. I know you when, when, when you're at those low levels, you got to wear a lot of hats, right? You got you got to have oh. you got to fulfill a lot of different roles. I was not only the broadcaster, I was the director of media relations. I was a ticket salesman, right? You got to wear a lot of hats when you're at those lower level jobs and you're trying to work, work your way right, up. I was the offensive coordinator at Glenville. My paycheck was a security guard. <laughs> yeah. There you go. There you go. So you, so you and I have, have both experienced this. Um, Ren Baker, his first AD job, Rogers State. He had to coach the men's basketball team for one season. And you might think, oh no, that's a disaster. He let him do a twenty and eleven record. He almost that's uh, a, that's that's like a sixty three percent win percentage. That's not too bad. About we how weak the men's basketball in the panhandle conference is anyway I'm, I'm making that up i don't even know i don't know what league they're in i'm guessing all right <laughs> it's like it's like pac 12 i mean it's like pac 12 basketball there's just nothing yeah, going on that's there. right yeah yeah, um, yeah but yeah that was my favorite kind of factoid that came out today it was his first year as an athletic director at rogers state oh yeah we need you to coach the men's basketball team while yeah, you're trying yeah. to do while you're trying to do all your other stuff so he's he's got an interesting background um one final thing that i've got on ren jed uh, before we move on to uh, quickly another announcement here from from the athletic department today on the heels of announcing Ren Baker as the 13th AD in uh, in university history. Wren uh, also was at the forefront of leading North Texas out of Conference USA and into the AAC. Yes. So, you, you know, not, uh, along with recruiting portal, recruiting portal, along with transfer portal and NIL, you know, you own and I, we've talked a little bit too about how conference realignment plays into this ever-changing college landscape and how don't think it's over just because Oklahoma and Texas are gone and the Big 12, like how how this is not going away for the next decade or so. I think it's also good to have a guy who's experienced, who's led his university from a, you know, perceived lesser conference into a better one because Mm -hmm. that could be something more conference realignment that he has to deal with certainly in his time in Morgantown. Yeah, and and, and again, it goes back, I keep going back to the buzzwords, the fundraising buzzwords. If if you have a history or a track record of successfully selling a brand, okay, then that that makes you a pretty versatile individual. It really does. Because you that skill set can apply or lend itself to so many circumstances. Where you're whether you're selling the brand equity of of your your programs, your the value of your school at large, your athletic department at large to another conference or Whatever the case might be, it's going to be a skill set that's always going to serve you well. Uh, so it's the landscape of this job has changed so drastically. And I mean, it's kind of gone in shifts, right? Uh, you, you think back to Eddie Passalong and what Eddie was tasked with doing, okay? It's so fundamentally different. I mean, you it really people is. 20 years ago wouldn't recognize what's happening. And, and that's not to say that, that Shane's a guy that, that has seen the sport passing by. Not the case at all. I'm just saying there are dimensions to this that, uh, wow. I mean, you almost have to be hyper-focused on just a short couple things with the specifics of the fundraising, uh, the movement of players. Right. Uh, it's, it's just a completely different animal. It's a completely different animal. At least certain aspects. If you, if you were to itemize the 10 things that it takes to be an athletic director. Okay. Well, five of them might be very similar to what they were 20 years ago. Yeah. But the other five might, are completely well, You might have three more, you might have <laughs> yeah. three more similar to what they were eight years ago. Right. But you have two 
that are brand new, right? You have they're brand new. And and don't buy don't be naive enough to think that five six years from now there could be two new things on that Absolutely. list. Yeah. I, I would be shocked if there aren't. Yeah, I mean you have the digital platforms coming into the conversation. I I I would be shocked if it doesn't continue to change at the same with the same velocity. Yep. And that is why, you know, everything about Rim Baker, forward thinking guy, embracing this new landscape of collegiate athletics. And uh, and that's that's, uh, I think, what has us all, you know, at least those that are, I think, like us on the optimistic side of, of this hire, um, excited about what he can do in Morgantown. With this, Jed, finally here is as we begin to kind of close this thing down, uh, not only did the university announce that Ren Baker again would become the 13th athletic director in WVU history earlier uh, today. Well, by the time you guys listen to this on Wednesday, they they made that announcement. Um, they also announced that Neil Brown would be would be staying for his fifth season, would be at the helm of the WVU football program uh, heading into 2023. Mm-hmm. Um, and so, so the decision to retain Neil Brown, right. Um, just, just hit me with your thoughts on this to me. Listen, I think for the timeline here and the way that everything's played out, it, it, it's a stability decision. And that to me is, is, is okay at this point. I, 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 th- I know there's a lot of people that are upset about this, but you need stability somewhere. There, there are so many moving pieces, so many things in flux already. But that's about to intensify tenfold. Okay, so you mentioned the stability piece. I think that's critical right now. By hook or by crook, you had to stabilize the whole situation. It's way too in flux. It's way too dynamic. Uh, You have player interviews going on right now. You're trying to finalize a class for December 21st. You have a portal window opening up December 5th. Okay. In the meantime, we're about to have schedules announced to distract everybody here in the coming weeks as well for next year in the Big 12. But there is a ton going on immediately. Immediately. Okay. So these are conversations that if you don't have people in position or people in place yesterday to have viable conversations with the active players on the roster, okay? Uh, first of all, attrition is going to be at an all-time high everywhere, okay? Well, that attrition is going to be worse than ever if you have a rudderless situation with no leadership in place, okay? Or leaderships that's just showing up to shake a player's hand for the first time and try and convince them to stay. It's, it's going to be supremely difficult, right? So stabilizing the whole situation, it is absolutely imperative. That's been done. Uh, now let's tackle these issues that are immediately ahead of us. Let's we finalize the player interviews. Let's tackle what happens when the portal, not just the retention piece of it, but yep. also the recruiting piece of it. Yep. Because yes, on the West Virginia end, there will obviously be a lot of critical pieces that enter the portal. Some might leave, some might come back. All right. That's the other part of it. Just because they're in the portal doesn't mean they're gone for good with an exclamation point. Some are going to end up staying. That's just kind of the new normal. Okay. But the other part of it's going to be, okay, what can you do to attract other pieces? All right. And at the end, you're trying to be in a net positive instead of a, a negative. Right. Uh, so that's the portal piece of it, which will start December 5th, but be ongoing through January 15th. And then you're trying to finish strong, wrap things up with the class, the 23 class for the national signing day, which is going to be the 21st. I mean, the, the, the schedule's never been crazier. And it's really on some level an impossible task to expect these coaches to be the master of all these things. Right. Uh, but 
I, I do think the stability of the whole thing was imperative. And quite frankly, you need to move focus one way or the other toward what's going to what things are going to look like next year. And at least now you're in position to do that because you couldn't just float indecisively through much more time at all. Something had to be done one way or the other. Uh, you could only be non-committal for so long, right? right? So voice of reason spoke, a decision was made. Some people will like it. Some people won't. But the truth is this isn't about pleasing people. This is about stabilizing the program for this critical next handful of weeks. And that's kind of where we're at. So the evaluation, uh, a matter of fact, Rob Alsop has, has spoken. I yep. have some quotes here. He said uh, over the past several weeks, President Gee and I have discussed administrators across the country. We were also impressed with the effort of our team the last few weeks. Additionally, we have had discussions with Coach Brown and our new director of athletics, Ren Baker, about our next steps as a department. Now, here's the critical piece. In fact, Ren and Coach Brown have already connected relating to the future of the program. As a result of all these efforts and discussions, it's clear that Coach Brown should continue to lead our football program. So that's kind of where things are. Okay. Uh, so let's see where it goes. But first, let's tackle the very critical next handful of weeks, which, which will impact the next handful of years. So that's kind of where we land with it. Yeah. No, absolutely. I think, you know, you you mentioned retention and recruiting there. That's going to be paramount, obviously. What do the staff decisions look like, right? Is there maybe some forcing of Neil's hand to, to shake up some things on his staff here in this offseason? And then we'll, like, we'll never know this unless he comes out and says it directly. But, like, what are, what are, what are Ren Baker's expectations for the football program, right? Like, what does he consider success? What's his standard of success? What does he consider an expectation, um, you know, for, for a coach that he didn't hire? Those are kind of the the important things, I think, to keep an eye on here, you know, over the next, what, eight or nine months until we play football again. Yeah, and, and I'm sure he's going to approach it a certain way and have his own, you know, expectations. And really, right. he's, as we've talked about, He's superintended a football program this weekend is going to compete for a conference USA championship. They're in the conference USA title game. So uh, that's what he comes from. I'm sure he's going to show up with those expectations himself. Uh, you know, why would you take the job? Otherwise that's, that's going to be the brass ring. We're all trying to capture. Here, right? right. I mean, that's the truth matter, you know? So now all of a sudden, uh, you know, this guy from, from Oklahoma, that was the head basketball coach at Rogers state finds himself as, as, as the boss to Bob Huggins, you know, I mean, it's, <laughs> it's, it's, you know, it, it's, it's just such a, it's a strange world. Right. But, uh, well, hey, maybe, maybe if Huggy needs a, a couple games off, you know, Ren, Ren can step in for him and, and sit well, on the, like, sit I, on the stool there on the sideline. It's, I always tell my kids, you know, and, and this is my prejudice, my sales background, right. You know, I've been a sales salesperson for the better part of my adult life sure. and very, various forms. And I always tell them, I'm like, look, whether you want to admit it or not, you're selling every day. Okay. And that's a skill set that will serve you well for the rest of your life. And it'll take you places. All right. Well, look where it's taken Ren Baker. I mean, more so than any other quality. That's what we keep hearing about. Right. When you're fundraising, you're selling, you're selling brand equity. Uh, you're trying to get people to open their pockets who otherwise might not. Right. Uh, now it's, it's always going to be a bit of a different challenge at West Virginia, 
than it might be even in North Texas, because in North Texas, you're a small fish in a giant pond, right? Sure. But sure. There's money in play. You're just out trying to say, hey, can you get a little bit bigger slice of that over here our way? We got some cool stuff going on. Look at this. But there is money at play. There's not as much money at play in the mountain state as there is in the Lone Star State, right? Uh, yeah, it's divided up and carved up a, a thousand different ways in Texas. But so you're going to have to get creative, get outside the box. And that's where this forward thinking part of this comes in and find different ways to come up with that that maybe haven't been considered. Uh, and maybe that's in conjunction with Country Roads Trust, the collective. Uh, but however you do this and set whatever you settle upon, it better be effective in terms of appealing to the customer here. And the customer first is the player, then the fan, right? Uh, that's how you're going to improve the product is appealing to the player yes. because the more you appeal to the player, the better players you get. And that's going to take now more than ever resources and money. Okay. And a state that is sometimes difficult to come up with a couple of those things. Mm -hmm. So you, you better be innovative and you better be cutting edge and you better come in with some fresh ideas and say, Hey, have you ever thought of doing this or maybe that or so I, I think that's what we can hope for. That's what we, we need to see. Um, and like you said, what kind of conversation, this is a six year contract. Will we be having in 2027, 2028? Ooh. Nobody knows. I don't have the crystal ball, right? I have no idea. I just know that the, the world is changing at, at a very rapid pace and a blur. And, uh, you got to do what you can to try and at least, I don't know if you can stay ahead of the curve, but you got to try and at least see around the corner to the curve. Right. Right. Uh, right. And, and that's kind of where we're at with, with this. So it's going to take money. It's going to take resources. Um, so there you go. But let's kind of hope for the best and welcome Ren Baker and his family. And, and he's going to show up wanting the best. So let's get and move forward. Uh, you know, I, I, I don't to give the guy a shake, see what happens uh, and see if he shows up and, what outside the box ideas he might have again, maybe working in tandem with the trust or otherwise, which is yeah, of course independent. Of, of course, of course. Uh, yeah. Have you, you seen the movie Moneyball? Oh yeah. Oh yeah. I, I'm, I'm telling you this, this whole thing. It's, it's, it's Billy Bean standing in front of his scouting department as they tell him he's crazy. And he puts his arms up and he says, adapt or die. Yeah. That's, that's what I've kept thinking about this whole day. And, and when we talk about this, this new world and Ren Baker and forward thinking guy, you got it in, in sports all the time, but particularly now in collegiate athletics uh, at a football school like West Virginia university, you've got to adapt or die. And, uh, and hopefully you this is the... much the way the A's did, right? Yep. If there's going to be somewhere approaching 2000 players in the portal. Okay. Now we're really going to test the limits to how well, you know, Moneyball. How many of those 2,000 guys can you look at and say, he gets on base? He gets on base. He gets, <laughs> he gets on base. Tell him he gets on base. So how many of them get on base and how many of them can sneak up on people and help us win some games? Jed, this is Ren Baker. He's an athletic director out of North Texas. He's undervalued because he's at a Conference <laughs> USA school. His, his only downside is that he was once a basketball coach. Oh, what a great move. Oh, what a it's great! It's a, it's a great movie. I'm a numbers guy. You know that. So come uh, on. I, I should have known. You've probably seen that yeah. movie a hundred times. I bet you. Yeah. 
So there's our kind of just again, there was no structure to this. We had no format, you know, no, no, no blocks of different content or anything. Just Jed and I and Owen, we were kind of texting back and forth today. And unfortunately, Owen's like Jed said, he's he's tied up. It's crazy time for him with UPS and holiday season. Uh, He wasn't able to kind of drop everything he was doing to to hop on here for a half an hour or so. But Jed and I wanted to to give you guys something. Our thoughts, Ren Baker. Uh, and him being hired as the new athletic director and the announcement of the decision to retain Neil Brown with that as well, too. So hope you guys enjoyed it. Hope you learned something from this. And uh, yeah, Jed, we'll see how this all plays out. It's it's instant never a dull reaction. moment, though. Instant react. That's right. Our first, our inaugural ITG instant reaction. How about that? How about that? Not even an episode. Yeah, not even an episode, just an instant reaction. We will have more episodes for you going forward, obviously. Um and you guys know where to find us. Instagram, Twitter, Facebook, YouTube, In The Gun Podcast. Be an ear, tell an ear about your new favorite WVU football podcast. And uh, like Jed said, all the best to, to Ren Baker. Welcome to him and his family to Morgantown. And uh, and let's hope that this is a successful relationship uh, for everybody involved. For the signal caller, Jed Drenning, I'm Wesley Euler. You guys take care. and We'll talk to you next time. This is ITG. Thank you for listening to Believe. You can show support to your host by subscribing to the show and giving us a five-star rating on your preferred platform. Check us out at Believe.com and search for B-L-E-A-V on YouTube.